Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or eBooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky and as always I'm here with Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. Hello Dave, hello uh, Matt. Hello Jess, hello Dave. Hello. Started too low. What yeah. is this? How low can you go? Oh, that's clever. Hello, <laughs> how low? That's pretty good. <laughs> Boom. And hello for the 350th time. Whoa. Can you believe that? Can this you is that? 350. That's um, That's a little bit wild actually. Uh, I think it snuck up on us. I don't know if you feel that. It snuck up on me anyway. Yeah, big time. So that completes our fifth block of 70 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is how we count. Yeah. yeah. And that was the always trip. sort of the, the stretch goal, wasn't it? Mm. So I guess really we need to sit down and, and set some new goals. Yeah. Well, the next goal is obviously 420, belays it. <laughs> That's right. Um, and then after that, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> then after that, the second funniest number... 69. Well, 2469. <laughs> <laughs> two, so we have 2469? Yeah, and then you say, oh, yes, please. So we have to do 2,469 yeah. episodes. Annoyingly, the numbers get bigger and bigger. And then the next funny number after that is 6969. Oh does feel God, like Dave. the 2 4 is superfluous as well, doesn't it? Mm. How, how many can get involved in a 69? <laughs> Use your imagination. Try. <laughs> it's limited. <laughs> 
All I can picture is missionary. Anyway, yeah, so 350 episodes of this bullshit. Um. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we've done it a few times, but Matt, how does the show work? Well, I'd love to welcome all new listeners and uh, <laughs> imagine not many of them have sat through that. But if you have, this is how the show works. One of the three of us uh, selects a topic, often voted on by uh, our Patreon supporters. Then we go away, research the topic, write a little report like an old school report and then we bring it back to the class and share it with the other two this week jess has gone away researched the topic dave and i do not know what that topic is and we always ask a question again on the topic jess what is the question this week who is the author of the 1953 memoir vagrant viking oh johnny vagrant oh no <laughs> close though johnny viking correct no <laughs> imagine vagrant though. viking are yeah. we likely to get this no absolutely not okay um but I reckon... Uh, so can you think of any Vikings who were still kicking around in mm. the 50s? No, most of them had died out several centuries before that. But mm. uh, What about Thor? Maybe Chris Hemsworth's yes. dad? Uh, it's not Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. What's his dad in those movies? Oh. Johnny Hemsworth. Johnny Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of his... Anthony Hopkins. Ah, An- oh, Sir Anthony Hopkins. Really? That's Chris Hemsworth. I haven't seen any of them, but that's his dad is Anthony Hopkins. Spoilers. Oh, is that a spoiler? Okay. I don't spoilers. think so. Spoilers? No, All right. If we, so we wouldn't guess it? No, you're not, I don't think you're going to guess it. But you can try and have a guess at like his first name if you want to just go for like... Philip. A pretty basic. Bill. Maybe biblical Stan, kind of... Uh, David. Joseph. Um, John. Peter. Name. Peter! Well done. Uh, the rock on which God built his church. Peter. I think, is that right? I don't know. Was Peter just standing there holding a rock? Yeah. Going, could I put this Peter down? Peter the maybe? Rock. I think maybe Apostle. if I put this down on the ground, that would be a better foundation yeah. for the church. No, Peter. Hold it. This is a test. This is the story of Peter Freuken. Um, <laughs> What'd you call me? <laughs> Freuken, huh? Well, I've seen it. I've also seen it pronounced a few different ways. Uh, I'm going to say Freuken or Freuchen. No, I like Freuchen. Freuchen's Freuchen. funnier. <laughs> Freuchen. It's been suggested by a bunch of people, including. Wow. Brandy Broyhill, incredible name. No, don't comment on all of them, Jess. There's so many. Okay, Brandy Broyhill, Jake Bellick, Jeff Wise, Andrew Mallard, Eli Shop, Dita Bereka, uh, Bacera, sorry, Joshua Adams, Justin Nichols, Dominic Williams, and Declan Greville have all wow. suggested this topic. I I've love, never heard of it. I love when this happens when it's a topic I've never heard of, but it's obviously a good one because why else would so many people suggest yes, it? Yes, there's a particular anecdote that a lot of them have uh, have quite clearly stated <laughs> in their... Someone's going to shit themselves. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's happening about three quarters of the way through. Just we'll give the signal, and that is when the Boys, main character... it is poop time. <laughs> yeah, poop. He shits himself until his dick falls off <laughs> yeah. somehow. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's pretty wild. crazy. That's why but we that saved it for attention. 350, baby. <laughs> yeah. No, so yeah, Peter, Peter Froken, he's lived quite a, a, a fascinating life. So let me tell you a little bit about it. I'm not going to give anything away up the top, but we'll, you'll, you'll get it fairly quickly. So his name... He's drunk. He drinks that coffee. <laughs> Then has a prune. Yeah. <laughs> prune fondue. And then Metamucil. <laughs> Get a bit of fibre in there. Then An entire bag whole, of apples. A whole pack of chewing gum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too much chewy. Is that true? Too much chewy? Yeah, there's so, a yeah. warning in the fine print. It bit says of a diuretic. too many will have a laxative effect. Like all at once? I guess so. Like if you chew 50 chewies at once. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my god. <laughs> oh no. But my breath is so gone. <laughs> no. So uh, Lorenz Peter Elfred Freuken, incredible name, was born in Denmark in February 1886 to parents Anne and Lorenz. Now his so his father is Lorenz, L O R E N T Z. And he is L O R E N Z. Drop the T. Oh, and it's his son Loren. But he goes, goes down <laughs> the line. He's going. Until um, eventually that child is just L. L. Very cool. <laughs> now he goes by Peter. Um, from a young age, he loved exploring, inspired by history books about explorers like Marco Polo. He was one of seven children. Any questions? Yeah, do they know what's causing it? <laughs> <laughs> and people aren't sick of that joke. People aren't sick of that joke, but well, they're sick of the Wikipedia joke. No, we've had a lot of love for the Wikipedia joke <laughs> after we uh, had one complaint. Even the complainer has come around to it. Really? They replied to the tweet saying, you're right. They're very gracious, I must say, so I appreciate okay. that. Okay, well, then I'm sorry for the things I said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's an honour to have your shreds torn off you by a bopper, I would have yeah, thought. That's right. <laughs> I love when it happens to me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it every time. I go, oh, an honour. Um... And he, so yeah, he's one of seven kids and he adored both of his parents very much. Said of his parents that they were both excellent storytellers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but what were they like as parents? Yeah, I'll they, talk about that a little bit. <laughs> there was never food on the table, <laughs> yeah. but geez, they God. could spin a yarn. <laughs> That's right. They filled me up with, with a story Stories. rather than bread. Um, num, 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 num. <laughs> In fact, it was through his mother that he got his first taste of adventure, as she often told Peter and his siblings tales of her own father, who had been a sailor and who had taken part in revolutions in South America. Cool. In his book, The Vagrant Viking, published in 1953, the dedication reads, To the memory of my mother, one of a long line of seafarers, who taught me at an early age that staying at home is no way to get on in the world. So he's an adventurer. Sounds like mum left. <laughs> <laughs> didn't put food on the table, didn't hang around. Yeah, yeah. was never at home. But what an inspiration. Always down the pub. Um, Freakin, he's quite funny. He's very dry. Uh, and he's a very interesting character. I read parts of his book um, for this report, and this is how he talks about himself as a baby. <laughs> I was no immediate success at that early age. I was actually so ugly that my mother was quite ashamed of me. <laughs> and that is where the yellow dog comes in. Okay. When she took me for a stroll in the carriage, the, lar- do- the large dog always walked next to her, and nobody dared come close enough to inspect me, as was the custom. The highest degree of praise my mother ever received on my behalf during the early years of my life was an amused, what a funny little thing. (laughs) (laughs) She took comfort in the fact that a number of human beings have managed to live through their allotted span of years without good looks. The fact is, however, that I have improved considerably in looks as the years have gone by. (laughs) I love that. Didn't peak as a baby. Yeah, ugly baby. Do you think that it's possible that he looked like a Viking as a baby but grew into his... His beard and yeah, features. maybe. Hard uh, to say. Aren't all babies pretty ugly? Yeah, they're pretty squished. Yeah, so... I when they first come out, they're, and they're all slimy. But I do love the idea of, of buying an attack dog to keep people away yeah. from looking yeah. and, and commenting on your baby. Yeah. And you also have to assume if he's ugly for a baby, then that is pretty fucking ugly. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you're right. Like on the scale, if you're saying all babies are a bit funny looking. Yeah. He's very funny. Yeah. Looking. Yeah, right. Avert your gaze. Look at that dog. It's yellow. <laughs> and he's one of seven kids. And I don't know exactly where he is in the family, but it means they've had other kids to sort of compare to. And yeah. they're like, yeah, no, he's definitely an uggo. Yeah. Mm. 
Do you think if you have an well, I was going to say if you have an ugly kid, do you know this woman did? Yeah, she knew. She, yeah, because you think most people measures. are blind to yeah. it. Yeah, so it sounds like she told him as well. I should Don't ask worry. my parents. God, you're ugly. There's other there's other people that have that have been uh, as ugly, if not uglier That's than true. you. That's true. She's done successful. her research and she's travelled, so <laughs> yeah. she would know. Yeah, I was an ugly baby. Were you? I don't um, believe that. But I, yeah, I'll, I'll chat to mum next time I see her and, and find out if she knew. Well, then how do you know? Photos. Okay, mm, that makes sense. <laughs> so, but she's never said you were ugly. No, she's never said that. But do you think she's thought it? Has I she mean, ever, if you see the photos, Has she ever she said the opposite? To. Like, <laughs> no. you were a beautiful baby. I don't think so. Okay, does she say you're beautiful now? No. Hmm. Is okay. that something... Parents always say to you? Yes. Yeah. Hello, beautiful. <laughs> How are you? My dad literally calls me gorgeous. Huh. Ironically? Yeah. Well, your dad also calls me gorgeous, so there's a scale dad here. Dad is bad with names. He calls me <laughs> squire. Yeah, he, calls, he calls everyone squire or gorgeous. Oh, so you were, yeah. Found, found out what camp I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I think he's a bit confused by you, Dave. Um, yeah. Gorgeous squire. G'day, Gorgeous. He writes of a childhood filled with adventure, exploring his surroundings, making scientific experiments to better understand how things work, and hearing about other people's travels to places outside of Denmark, something he so deeply envied. He writes quite fondly about his childhood and the loyalty to each other that his parents fostered in him and his siblings. They also seem like a pretty funny family and one that would have really perplexed other people in the town. So he writes about a time his brother... Um, swore in front of a friend's mum and that mother came to speak to their mum um, and their mum's like, what did he say? And the other mother's like, I can't repeat it. And their mum's like, then what can I do if I don't know what he said? <laughs> and this goes back and forth for a while until the woman finally repeats the unrepeatable word and, and Mrs. Freuken bursts out laughing and says, is that it? That's his surname. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that it? She's wow. like, is that it? Okay. <laughs> And stuff like this happens a few times. Some of the local kids are sort of told not to play with the Freuken kids because they're sort of, yeah. They're they're really unattractive. Yeah, they're very ugly children. I don't want you getting ideas about ugly people. (laughs) I can say that. (laughs) Yeah. I know heaps of ugly people. (laughs) Some Some of your best friends. Some of my best friends. Some of my closest family are ugly people. Uh, (laughs) And you know I love A Link to Australia. And he writes very fondly about his uncle, Kristen. The most fascinating thing about him was his past. He had spent years prospecting for gold in Australia. This strange experience and the fact that he was the largest landowner in the country made him a man of importance. I'm sorry. (laughs) He's the largest landowner in in Denmark Denmark and he's bothering to come to Australia to look for gold. Uh, He's the largest landowner in Denmark because of... Uh, it's also not clear if he owns a large amount of land or he owns some land and he's, he's large. large. <laughs> yeah, okay. Do you do you know which well, one? Peter Freuken's very tall, yeah, so maybe his uncle's just a very tall man. And he owns a small plot of land. So technically the tallest man in Denmark to own land. Yeah. That's pretty cool that actually. Great. Cuz so when you're saying prospecting, maybe he's doing it much more professionally. I thought he was out there with like the the gold, the pan, panning for gold. Yeah, who knows. But he might be looking on a, a quite a large scale gold mining. Well, he also could have got just got lucky, right? Maybe he he just got a big nugget. Yeah, it's oh, always like I might have go. that in the next sentence. Here's a bit we've been waiting for. Mm. Ooh, He's nu- about to do a big nugget. <laughs> yeah, nugget confirmed. You said three quarters of the way through. Uh-uh-uh, one quarter. One of the quarter. Way through. This guy shits early. <laughs> he keeps going. He says, "We never tired of listening to his stories of Australia." 
With his two partners, Uncle Kristen once found the largest gold nugget ever seen in Australia. The welcome stranger? (laughs) Who knows? It was the size of a grapefruit. And as he did not dare to travel with it, he and one of his partners sold their share to the third cheaply. But the fellow was shot and killed when he tried to take the nugget down to Melbourne. Oh, so they were clever to get out of it. Yeah. Yeah, you'd feel, you'd just be panicking the whole time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a big nugget. I, I have heard of the Welcome Stranger. Yeah. But you, but you know, the, the famous ones all ha- end up having pokey dens named after them. <laughs> so you got the Welcome Stranger and there's an, and the Golden Nugget are two pokey <laughs> pokey bars in Golden the Golden Nugget's City. not the best name for a nugget of gold. You know what I mean? Like, it's a or bit is obvious. It the best name well, for I think a Welcome girl. Stranger's more beautiful, more poetic. Welcome Stranger. That's something uh, your dad also says to me. Ah, Welcome Stranger. <laughs> um, according to all that's interesting.com, his father was a businessman and wanted nothing more than a stable life for his son. So, at his father's behest, Froiken enrolled at the University of Copenhagen and began to study medicine. However, before long, Froiken realized that a life indoors was not for him. Where his father craved order and stability, Froken craved exploration and danger. In his autobiography, he mentioned that the first victims of my hunter's instincts were my early instructors. Oh. <laughs> Bit of fun. Has he killed someone? I don't, um, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, actually. I thought he was just being a bit of a oh. silly duffer, but I think he might have murdered yeah, someone. It's like he's hunting his professors for sport. Yeah, that's odd, isn't it? <laughs> just following them around campus. Just go to class. What are you mm. doing? Just yelling, run. <laughs> I'm going to give you a five-second head start. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, Peter. <laughs> that's, that's actually quite spooky. He writes, In Copenhagen, hardly a day went by that I did not feel inferior to my fellow students. They knew more, their interests went further, they were better dressed, and their manners and speech were elegant compared to my provincial dialect and appearance. So he decided to follow his childhood dream of exploring, and exploring the parts of the world that were still relatively unknown at the time. In the beginning, he signed up to every polar expedition out there in the hopes to get his name out. He was completely obsessed with exploring the uncharted wilderness of the North Pole and Greenland. At the age of 20, he went on his first expedition in 1906. He and his friend... uh, Okay, uh, this is a guy who's going to come up a fair bit. His name is K-N-U-D, and I've heard people say, like, Nud, Kanad... Uh, because it's like an Inuit name as well. So I'll call him Nud. K-N-U-D? K-N-U-D. Yeah, right. Nud Rasmussen. Uh, They sailed from Denmark as far north as possible before leaving their ship and continuing by dog sled for over 600 miles, about 900 k's. Nud Rasmussen was a bit older than Freuken and was already a bit of a veteran explorer. Not only had he already completed expeditions, but he'd spent his early years in Greenland among the uh, Kalalit, which is a group of Inuit people, where he had learnt to hunt, drive dog sleds and live in the harsh Arctic conditions. He said, My playmates were native Greenlanders. From the earliest boyhood, I played and worked with the hunters. So even the hardships of the most strenuous sledge trips became pleasant routine for me. (laughs) Sort of grown up doing it, which is amazing. Great. Sounds like the kind of guy you want to go with. Yeah, he sounds like a good person to um, go on your first expedition with <laughs> and uh, learn from and just um, be around yeah. <laughs> in some pretty pretty full-on conditions. If I, yeah, just getting piggybacks off him and stuff. That's yeah. what I'd do if I was going away with him. He's I like, know. That's what you do every time we're on tour. You're, you're finding this really boring, Knud? Well, I can make it a bit tougher for you. Yeah. Piggyback. Piggyback. <laughs> My legs are tired. <laughs> 
That's me. At the I'm airport. a big ugly baby. <laughs> <laughs> He's 20 years old. I'm an ugly little baby. <laughs> on their travels, they met and traded with the Inuit people while learning the language and accompanying them on hunting expeditions, hunting walruses, whales, wolves, seals, and polar bears. In fact, there's a wild photo of Freuken wearing a coat he made for himself out of a polar bear that he killed. Oh, told you this guy's a psycho. It's a very bold look. Um, speaking of his look as the well. The guts are still all in Yeah, it. it's all. It's not good. <laughs> he just cut it open and got in. Um, I'm a little baby inside I'm a, little, a polar bear. I'm a, just a little ugly baby. <laughs> like, stop. What are you, why are you what inside are you a bear? Oh, that's gross. I mean, obviously, I don't love that he's um, used a polar bear for a coat, but it is a pretty cool photo. Is it like, it looks like a jacket or has it still got the head sort of? No, no, no. It just looks like a big sort of fur coat. Oh, right. Yeah, I was picturing the head as a hood. Yeah, on his head. Wearing it going, whoop. Bit of head on head action. Yeah. <laughs> I'll find it for you and I'll show you. Because it's pretty fucking cool. Look at that. Oh wow! Holy shit! We've got to post this photo. Yeah, so I'm yeah, showing a... I'm showing Matt and David a picture of him. He is six foot seven. Oh my god, he's a big. Is that a woman with him for scale? <laughs> that is a woman there just for scale to show how yeah. big he is. He's very broad. Yeah, he's six foot seven. Um, I was worried about this guy a few minutes ago because like he's going with these traveling with the Inuit people that know what they're doing, and he's never done anything. He's got let's go. But now I know he's six foot seven. He's going to be fine out there. You just think tall people are just yes. fine at anything? That man is a polar bear. Okay. Yeah, he Huge. didn't He didn't so, hunt it with a gun. He went toe to toe. Yeah. What if he and was... They punched on yeah. and he won. What if he TKO. was in a desert? You think he'd be fine there? Absolutely. Okay. Oh, a little. I feel like he's... You still think he's got a strong advantage? Yeah. I reckon, I reckon you'd want to be more nimble. Yeah, further away from the sun. Mm. He's too close. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Because yeah, I'm just asking because you seem to be like, oh, he's tall. He'll be fine in no, any situation. Just seeing that photo, he looks so cool and confident. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not worried about this guy anymore. He looks yeah. like he could punch through a brick wall. Yeah, right. I don't know if there's many of those yeah. in the Arctic <laughs> Circle, but I guess like, yeah, igloos are made of sort of ice bricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and he, he could, could just punch through one. I don't know why I'd want to do that for a window. Then the, oh, for a window. <laughs> You built it and you go, fuck, I didn't build oh, a window. Yeah. This place needs a skylight. He'll sort you out. Straight oh, up. He sick. can do that. Punch. Skylight. <laughs> yeah, and no, I'm, I'm feeling much better about it. Yeah, he's got like a that thick, wiry beard. Um, yeah, he feels like a man who's going to be okay. Yeah, but I must say, if a baby looked like that, that would be very ugly yeah, for a baby. Yeah, I'm not sure he had the beard, but I think <laughs> he was at least six foot tall as an infant. So. He, he looks a bit like me if I'd had the secret serum from Captain America. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm the dweeb version of him. Yeah. Yeah, you are. No, you're just the before. There's the an before, after still to come. Yeah. You know? We'll get you that serum. Give me some serum. I'm so close. I'm, yeah? Yeah, I've nearly got it. <laughs> you're edging towards serum. I'm so close. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah. I'm trying to do you a favor. <laughs> get you a serum to make you superhero. How are you creating the serum? I didn't say I was creating okay. it. I'm getting it. Oh, you're close to it. You're looking I've at been it. negotiating. Oh right, I see. You nearly, you've nearly made a deal. Fuck, you know, I might just, I might cancel the whole thing. <laughs> I might say, don't worry about it. Who are you dealing it. with? Don't here? Worry well, I can't say, can I? Fucking hell! I'm just, your attitude when I'm trying to be nice to you. Really, we're looking a gift horse in the mouth here. Yeah. I'll take some serum. 
Okay, Dave. And I won't make it weird. You can absolutely have some serum. See how hard that was? Thank Just you. Being, you do look like the Captain America before. Guy. Yeah. Right. So we could be we could be a couple of big guys. Yeah. Let's, do you want to be a couple of big guys <laughs> together? Do, like we could be a couple of big guys. Yeah. yeah. If, if Jess comes through. Yeah, I'd love to be a big guy. Could I be a big girl? Was there any left? No. How much do you need? Oh. Well, maybe we just split it three ways. And, we're and all we all become mid-size. Yeah. Okay. Pretty big. Pretty big. Yeah. I don't want to be that big anyway. Yeah. I want to be, I want to be pretty big. Yeah, pretty big's good. Mm. You know, still fit in like, yeah. under doorways and stuff. Don't have to get clothes tailor-made. Yeah. You know, just be able, to, sh- just be able to shop. Yeah. Don't want to have to go kill a polar bear to be <laughs> just warm. Just to get a jacket. <laughs> yeah. Melbourne winters are brutal. Oh, brutal. He's like, sorry, this is the only way as he beats a polar bear to death. <laughs> um, so Peter Forigan, he attempted a couple of times to, to sort of go back and complete his studies. He was very restless and he found classes to be an ill fit for him. So over the next few years, he's kind of like he's at university for a little bit. That man's not sitting behind a desk. He's no. fit. It's weird, right? Or he's out like, you know, out exploring and, and do, off on expeditions. To get a desk, he had to punch down a tree. <laughs> To have one big enough. <laughs> Old growth tree I'm talking yeah. about as well. Oh, yeah. No tiddly little fucking tree. He's going for <laughs> one of those big thousand-year-old trees. <laughs> he just punched it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That feels wasteful. Yeah. Okay. That's how he lives. Um, so he needed a way to make uh, make a living between expeditions. He needed some cash, which funnily enough... Um, Expeditions aren't exactly departing every day, you know? There's huh. some gaps in time between right. them. But you know what it is forever? The circus. Strongman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would have been prime circus years oh, well. Absolutely. Early 1900s. Yeah. yeah, they got the animals the full lot. Yeah. They got the animals, they got the trapeze, they got the tall man. You just look at him and go, whoa, he's so yeah, tall. He'd just be able to lift stuff up. Yeah. yeah. He'd, he'd say... Anyone want to be punched? Bring them up. Bring them up or punch them. <laughs> bring a, you know, bring whatever. Bring a, bring a cow. Bring an ugly bring baby. Your, bring your biggest living thing, and I'll punch it out. <laughs> and each town goes, oh, we've got a buddy. We've got a, a bull elephant. Holy shit! <laughs> Just like half bull, half oh elephant. Oh my god! Yeah, and that's it was pretty big. big. And he goes, all right, I'll knock it out. Boom. Goes done. to the next, next town. They're like, we've got a blue whale. Whoa. <laughs> He's like, I haven't done one of these before. Well, let's have a go. And he has to get into the ocean. <laughs> he explodes it. <laughs> it's crazy. Whale explosion. It's actually, cr- it's gross. Yeah. Yeah. But so, pretty cool. So. Again, some spoilers on the end yeah, of the well, report. Well, you just don't yeah. have to go through those <laughs> bits now. Yeah, there's got to be a lot of jobs for a huge man. Well, he had a bit of a lucky break in 1909. He's not all about his size like you guys seem to be. Um, he's about his brain. Which is also probably huge. Huge. Yeah. Just for scale. So word started spreading that American explorer Frederick Cook had become the first person to reach the North Pole. Cook claimed to have reached the North Pole in April of 1908, which is nearly a year before uh, Robert Peary also claimed to have reached the North Pole in 1909. Both men's accounts have been disputed ever since. Do you remember who was the first? Rolled Amundsen. Correct. That's, no. That's the undisputed. This is Santa Claus erasure. <laughs> <laughs> erasure. <laughs> yeah, that's the first. I un- didn't say who he became. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Every every hero's got us. <laughs> Rolled story. is the, the the undisputed. Yeah, the one to, the first to reach the North Pole. And the that, world heavyweight champion of the North Pole. That was in 1926. So that's you know that's eight. 
yeah. later than these people are claiming. These people are saying they got there way sooner. Do we think they're lying or they're confused and they're like, I think I'm here because it's not like there's a massive marker on the ground saying you've made it. Well, yeah, that's right. And look, I, I mean, I, I don't know. But um, Robert Peary comes up again later um, and it seems like maybe he was, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't think they made it. Yeah, I think he photoshopped it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so at that time, word was that Frederick Cook had done it and Peter Freuken was contacted by the editor of Denmark's largest newspaper, Politiken, who wanted to cover the story but didn't have anyone on staff who, who knew anything about the North Pole. So he asked Freuken to write an article about Cook's accomplishments and Freuken did a good job and he was put on the payroll as a journalist. So he's just able to make a little bit of cash between trips, which is kind of cool. Fantastic. So, yeah. Feel sorry for the typewriter though. <laughs> well, he had to make a custom one <laughs> by punching a tree, Just crushing it. <laughs> Each he punched the size of a fist. <laughs> bang, bang! But the but what the what it produces is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. He's got a very yeah. gentle lovely tone, pro- lovely prose, lovely prose, but in a very aggressive way to create said prose. Yeah. <laughs> In 1910, uh, Froken and Rasmussen established a trading post in Cape York in Greenland, naming it Thule. The name came from the term Ultima Thule, which to a medieval cartographer meant a place beyond the borders of the known world. And Thule was the most northerly trading post in the world. So it became a really popular trading post as the Inuit people didn't previously have many options to trade. Right, what are we talking, like, second-hand motor miles and stuff? <laughs> yeah, um, tools. No time wasters. Yeah. Or nearest offer, <laughs> that sort of stuff. Oh, no. <laughs> the more time Freuken spent in Greenland, the less he wanted to return uh, to Denmark. In 1911, he married Inuit woman, uh, an Inuit woman named Navarana, and the couple had two children, born in 1916 and 1918. Um, sadly, Navarana died in the Spanish flu endemic in 1921. Ooh. And when she died, he wanted her buried in the old church graveyard um, and the church refused to perform the burial because Navarana was not baptised. So Froken buried her himself. Oh, of course he did. Punched a Punched hole in the ground. Punched a hole in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, any questions? Yeah. <laughs> and they said, no, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. <laughs> Um, I love I love how inclusive religions are. So good. You didn't have the special special ceremony done. So no, can't can't bury her. Well, in the subsequent years, he became an outspoken critic of the Christian Church's attempt to convert the Inuit people without comprehending their culture. There's all these um, Christian missions coming to the Inuit people to try and convert them, and he was like, "Fuck off." <laughs> he punched him. He punched him <laughs> straight out of Greenland. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. 
Upload video content, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalized results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI... Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. (laughs) And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music, or eBooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So Thule Trading Station became the home base for a series of seven expeditions known as the Thule Expeditions between 1912 and 1933. The first Thule Expedition in 1912 aimed to test Robert Peary's claim that a channel divided Peary Land, which was a peninsula in the northern in northern Greenland. Um, so it's called... Peeryland. He named it after himself. I think that he's probably the uh, expert on this. I'd trust him. Do you think so? Yeah. A channel divides this thing that I've named after me. Yeah. So it's like the 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 Peary Channel. So there's like a little peninsula um, and the channel separates the peninsula from uh, Greenland, the like mainland of it. Like it, So if Walt came along and told you that there's a ca- new canal in Disneyland, you're not going to question that? Is that right? I wouldn't. Yeah. Walt would be another good uh, Arctic explorer, you'd think. You reckon? Yeah, just because of his current state. (laughs) (laughs) Floating along. (laughs) I'd be used to the temperature at least. (laughs) He doesn't need a polar bear jacket. We know he can handle it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, this had first been proposed by the titular Robert Peary in uh, 1892, but there were doubts about these observations and there weren't very accurate maps of the area still. In fact, other previous expeditions had ended in tragedy as they searched for the Peary Channel. So Rasmussen and Freuken proved that this was not the case. In a 1,000-kilometre or 620-mile journey on dog sleds across the inland ice, which took them about five months to complete and almost killed them. Oh, my God. But they were able to show conclusively that Peary Channel did not exist and the voyage overall was viewed as a massive triumph. Clements Markham, who was the president of the Royal Geographical Society, called the journey the finest ever performed by dogs. (laughs) 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 There are brackets around by dogs. dogs. No, that's that's all he wanted to talk about. So, Dave, you were straight away like, well, the guy's named it after himself. It must bloody be there. No no one's ever lied about what they've done in the Arctic, have they? (laughs) All these people are telling the truth. So they proved it. It's not there. (laughs) This is the best... Disney on ice I've ever seen with dogs. dogs. (laughs) (laughs) It's Disney dogs on ice. I didn't know you could put roller skates on a dog (laughs) and it's so cute. They're flipping and flopping around. They look the look of terror in their eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Look at them go. They look at you like, help me, what's happening? And you go, oh, this is good entertainment. (laughs) It gives me life, that (laughs) look of terror. You ever seen videos of when they put like little shoes or socks on dogs? And they just walk really weird for a bit because they're like, what the fuck is on my feet? And humans laugh. It is pretty funny. I imagine that's probably what we all did the first time we put shoes and socks on, right? Yeah. Because it is. What is what, this? What, is what, the hell? What, 
But yeah. Especially if you get the little corner bit in the wrong spot and it feels uh-huh. funny. Oh, in a sock? Yeah. Yeah. Why do they ha- just have them without corner bits? Yeah. Surely we've got the technology for yeah. now. Seamless socks. <laughs> Seamless yes. socks. <gasps> Note to self. <laughs> Business idea. Seamless socks. <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> He's just making a little note on his dictaphone. dictaphone. <laughs> you note carry everywhere. Self. Yeah, it's odd. <laughs> one of the most wild stories about Freuken, and this is the one that a lot of people who suggested the topic made Here sure to mention. Here we go. The shit is coming. Is about a time in 1926 when he was caught in a blizzard. So every resource I found about Peter Freuken like sums this up in a sentence and I was like, no, 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 no. I'm mm-hmm. going to need you to elaborate some more. So I've gone directly to his book. I've got a few passages from his book here um, that I'll read to you to sort of paint the picture of this story. So they're out on an expedition and he sort of uh, – he got separated in a blizzard from the rest of the party that were out. So he's by himself with his dogs. Suddenly we came to an enormous boulder – where there was a deep depression in the snow on the, wa- on the wind side. It was like a small cave giving shelter against the howling wind. The dogs dived into the hole and I decided to spend the rest of the night there. I set about building an igloo, but for the first time in my life I found it impossible to cut through the snow. It had been packed solid by successive storms and I gave it, I gave it up as a hopeless task. So he makes himself a little shelter for the night and he says, When I finally woke up, it was very cold. Uh oh cool change i knew i had to get out and move about at once what worried me most was the fact that my feet did not hurt anymore a sure sign of danger like they've gone too cold can't even feel the corner bit of the sock yeah and that's when you can't feel it you're like oh boy Uh not not sure if i'm even wearing these right (laughs) i think i got the left one on the right foot did i put on my wife's socks (laughs) so he'd used the sled I think sort of positioned on its side as a shelter and he'd used other materials to form outer walls that would easily open. I think one of them was like like a, a just a bit of fabric or a jacket or something that he'd used just to block off the wind. Um, but it had all frozen over. He says, I used all my strength, but it was obvious that I could not get out of the... Wa- I used all my strength, but it was obvious that I could not get out the way I'd come in. I was not worried because I expected to turn over the sled which covered me and get up that way. As I managed, and I managed to turn over and lie on my stomach so that I could push up the sled with my back. There was not room enough to get up on my knees, but I pushed with my back the best I could. The sled would not budge. At last, I was really worried. My friends would soon begin to search for me, of course, but the question was whether I would survive until they found me. Perhaps I could dig my way out. But the snow surrounding me was now ice, and it was impossible to make the smallest dent in the surface with Holy my gloved shit. hands. I'd left my snow knife outside on the sled with all my other tools. I decided to try digging with my bare hands. Yeah, punch. <laughs> yeah, use punch. your power. Oh my God, Kill Bill style, yeah. the one inch punch. My hand would freeze, but it would be better to lose one hand than to lose my life. I pulled off my right glove and began scratching with my nails. I got off some tiny pieces of ice, but after a few minutes, my fingers lost all feeling and it was impossible to keep them straight. My hand simply could not be used for digging, so I decided to thaw it before it was too late. Thaw it before it. Throw it before it. <laughs> Driking the Viking. Love this guy. Beautiful prose. Driking the Viking. Yeah, okay. Uh- <laughs> he said he was a dry king before, didn't you? A dry king. Didn't you? No, you said he... Oh, something like that. No. I don't know where dry king came from. You said from. he was a dry... I thought you said he was very dry. 
In my head, I've been calling him Driking the Viking the whole time. Okay. <laughs> Is that not something that we said out loud? No, I don't think so. I'm no. pretty sure at the start you said he was. You really enjoyed oh, how dry. Oh, he's got a dry was. sense of humour. Yeah. Okay. And you didn't say he's a he's Driking the Viking. No. Oh. It's <laughs> <laughs> a conversation I have with myself. <laughs> You're recording your own podcast in your head. <laughs> that's quite impressive. Yeah, that's that's uh, freaking can, me out. We can call him Driking the Viking. <laughs> Is this the shortest? Turnaround for Mandela effect that's ever happened. Yeah, I think so. So he's trying a few different things. He's trying to who's trying, <laughs> striking the bike. <laughs> he's trying to uh, to get himself out of this perilous situation. Before he has a pretty genius idea, I had often seen dog's dung in the sled tracks and had noticed that it would freeze <laughs> as solid as a rock. No fucking way. It was shit related. <laughs> no way. Would not the cold have the same effect on human discharge? <laughs> that is incredible <laughs> that they called this. I had no idea. <laughs> that is incredible. You knew we were building up to this moment, yeah. surely. Repulsive as the thought was, I decided to try the experiment. He's going to make a shit shovel? <laughs> Please, Matt. It's a shit chisel. (laughs) (laughs) I moved my bowels and from the excrement... (laughs) Shut up and let me read it. I moved my bowels and from the excrement I managed to fashion a chisel-like instrument which I left to freeze. (laughs) It was a whole new meaning to cold chisel. Um, That that would be my cold chisel cover band name. Shit chisel. Shit chisel. (laughs) (laughs) And according to Freuken, it worked. No. He was able to use the shit chisel to cut a hole wide enough for him to slowly squeeze out. It took him like <laughs> <laughs> it took him I can't believe this. ages. Like it took him another sort of day and night. He could sort of did he have to like uh, blind bake it and stuff like that? How involved was the process to get the chisel just right? Just leave it in the <laughs> snow and the ice, and yep. and be patient this time. Okay, you know. Um, be patient. Let it fully freeze. You got to keep checking on it. No, nah, no, nah, nah, still yet. a bit too malleable. <laughs> I'd love to see it, like a web series cooking show version yeah. of it. <laughs> How to make your own shit chisel. <laughs> and what if you don't need to go? Mm. Yeah, that's right. How can you force that? And also, like, um, do you ever have to like, if you're peeing in the ocean, you have to really think about it because <laughs> you're so conditioned to being on ocean. or near a toilet. I've you never, never broken pee. the seal. You never pee. And you certainly never shit as a no, man. A gentleman, gentleman. Never shits. Okay, but so Dave, can you answer my question? Uh, yeah, I think it would be... It was also, it sounds like he was lying on his stomach. Yeah. So he's got to go fight gravity as well. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to hope it's a it's a solid one. Oh, imagine if it wasn't. You're like, oh. Well, no, it's more malleable if it's not. This is awful. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I knew you listeners. wouldn't enjoy it. But, but if it was completely unsolid, your friends are just going to find you in the snow <laughs> covered in your own <laughs> shit. <laughs> Well, I guess he died doing what he loved. <laughs> Shitty. <laughs> Maybe it would be better if it was liquid because then you could oh. sort of you create like a, a, a mold, mold in the snow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you just sort of fill the mold and then it. <laughs> but then what do you chisel it out of the mold with? Oh. You got to yeah. make a piss chisel. <laughs> yeah, then you piss on it and that melts a bit of the ice around just so you can get it's the similar chisel. Similar to the yeah, white one, red one, and carpet thing. <laughs> yeah. I can. So this is the, the one thing that people point out <laughs> when they were pitching the story. No, he's just like, he's somebody who's done a lot of different things. Like this, yeah, we're... we're he's made other tools out of shit. <laughs> we're not even halfway through his life. Not even halfway through the tools he's made out of shit. Um, but uh, yeah, so they're always like, you got it. You got to mention this story. But yeah, everyone breezes over it in their biographies of him. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's literally like it's a it's a sentence on wikipedia.org, which is this great um, website I found about Arctic exploration. Oh, oh. great. Oh, yeah. that sounds handy. Pretty cool. I wonder if, um, yeah, maybe they're too cowardly to bring it up like you have here. Well, that's why, yeah, I had to go straight to the horse's ass. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> He's obviously not ashamed of it. How long before... Checking in with his mates, reckon he brought it up. You never. Where have you been? You're never gonna believe yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know. And he and he just throws down that shit chisel. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. And I mean, he's obviously not ashamed of it because he's writing about it in his book. Did he keep it forever? Yeah, he I put it back in so. its sheath, which was his ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll see you later. Oh, a little cold. <laughs> um. So yeah, it was quite a long process of him sort of getting out of of this little cave. <laughs> quite a long process. He had to eat, wait. Eat a bit more. Wait. Getting out, Dave. He's got the the chisel has. Yeah, worked. getting the chisel out took getting a long time. Getting the chisel out. Um, and so he finally he finally gets free. He said, "I could only crawl, but I got my knife from the sled, pulled the dogs out of their cave, and cut them loose from the harness. I planned to hold to, hold on to the reins and let the dogs pull me on the snow, but they did not understand." I used the whip with what little strength I had left and suddenly they set off so fast my weak hands could not hold the reins. Oh, no. The dogs did not go far, but they managed to keep out of my reach as I crawled after them. I crawled for three hours before I reached the camp. So he's just crawling. And the dogs are just taunting him. The dogs are like pissing on him. (laughs) Licking his face. (laughs) Nearly got me. Fortunately, I then did not know the ordeal was to cost me my foot. Ah... So he doesn't really explain how he eventually got back to his fellow explorers, but he does spend about three to four pages of his book going into graphic detail about frostbite and gangrene, the pain, the smell, how he removed his own toes. And I'm not sure I want to go into all of that detail. But he doesn't explain how he gets back to his fellow travellers, but he tells you in great detail about the smell. I got one question. Yes. Does it smell because he used the shit chisel to remove his toes? No. Okay. Um, that was my disappointingly yeah. question. No, he sorry. made a shit scalpel. <laughs> <laughs> Very sharp. Um, but once back with uh, people again, he writes, I went to see the doctor and asked him to look at my foot. His name was Hart. He told me afterwards. Look that he- at it. <laughs> look at my foot. <laughs> look at my foot. He told me afterwards that he was only a medical student at the time, but I had complete faith in him as a doctor and a surgeon. <laughs> he told me he would begin operating at noon. And as he had to anaesthetize me, he asked me not to eat anything during the morning. But I had seen potatoes on board, a delicacy I had not tasted for years, and he reluctantly agreed to let me have some. <laughs> and that I can get around. Also, and I understand you. Yeah, you want to anaesthetize me? Can't have anything in the stomach. Got it. Roger that. Can I have potatoes? <laughs> can I have a really heavy starchy food? Can though? I? Yeah. Would that and be okay. The student's like, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor, but... I've tried telling you. But I have agreed to do the surgery at noon. You're asking me and you're literally eating a potato as you ask. So <laughs> I, don't, like, I can't like say it's no. An apple. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's how you eat a mate, but if that's what you want to do, you go for it. So yeah, he's uh, this amputation performed by a medical student is why our six foot, six foot seven bearded man now also has a peg leg. So when Freuken returned to Denmark in the late 1920s, he joined the Social uh, Democrats and contributed with articles in the newspaper Politiken. From 1926 to 1932, he served as the editor-in-chief of a magazine owned by the family of his second wife, uh, Magdalene Vang Lauridsen. Whoa. 
That's a beauty. She was the daughter of Johannes Peter Lauridsen, who was a, a Danish businessman and director of uh, Denmark's National Bank. So it was a very wealthy family. And essentially, I did read a, a couple of places like they they created that magazine for him to run. So like, welcome to the family. Here's a magazine. Zoe, you want, you want that? You can be editor-in-chief. Love you. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I'd quite like to go to that. And he's still like he's still off doing expeditions and, and stuff like that. You don't have to do that anymore. We've created a magazine. We've got your magazine. He wrote numerous books as well, over thirty in fact, both novels and memoirs. And his next career move was into the movie biz. Ooh. Love it. He writes, my books had such good sales in Germany and on the basis of this literary success, my translator was able to sell the film rights to my novel, The Great Hunter. He sent me a telegram one day transmitting an offer of 735 marks for the book. I had no experience with the movies. I was in need of money and I quickly accepted the offer. He's like, okay. So he worked as a consultant and technical advisor um, and script writer specializing in Arctic related scripts. This is for years. Um, he worked with MGM as a technical advisor on their Arctic movies and script supervisor. Right. So they just have experts in different fields. Yeah. Most notably, two of his books formed the basis for MGM's Oscar-winning movie called Eskimo, um, telling the tale of a fictional Inuit warrior's adventure in the Arctic. The film's dialogue was entirely in Inuit with English subtitles. Freuken wrote the story, translated the dialogue, was an interpreter on the set, helped the film's crew survive on set, and played the movie's villain. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, he could do it all. Yeah, there's nothing he can't do. According to (laughs) badassoftheweek.com. That's a great website, man. it's really fun. Either way, an awesome side note is that during the premiere of Eskimo, Freuken apparently picked up Nazi director Lenny Reifenstahl, Hitler's favourite director, Held her over his head and spun around in a circle, laughing his ass off. She did not enjoy this. He couldn't even use the excuse that he was wasted at the time because Peter Freuken never drank. That's from Badass of the Week. Wow. <laughs> Speaking of Hitler, during World War II, Freuken was actively involved in the Danish resistance movement against the occupation by Nazi Germany, helping refugees who came to Denmark escape the regime and taking part in sabotage missions despite being in his mid-50s at this point and having a peg leg. I can see why he's on badassoftheweek.com. Yeah. Mm. He was arrested twice by the Gestapo, beaten and tortured. And after the second arrest, Freuken was sent to a labour camp, sentenced to death, but he managed to escape and flee to Sweden. And again, that, in most resources I've seen, was a sentence. Yeah. (laughs) Like they don't explain some... The only other tiny detail that I saw on one resource was that, like, with the help of his friends, he escaped. I don't know. Some people might have helped him escape. Yeah, that feels like a that that could be a whole episode in itself. Yeah, a war, a prison war escape. But I don't know. There's not much about it. Must reckon he punched his way out or chiselled his way out, <sighs> or both. Maybe he made a fist out of shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why use my own fist when I could use my own shit? My shit fist. <laughs> His nickname shit, shit fist. fist. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. So yeah, he's he's escaped escaped the Nazis and fled to Sweden. After the war, he moved to the US, divorcing his second wife, though they had separated for years. They'd been separated for years during his time with the Danish resistance anyway. 
Um, and the same year, 1945, he married his third wife, Dagmar Freuken Gale. Love the name Dagmar. Dagmar's good. Mm. She was a fashion illustrator, a writer, and editor. And they lived in New York City and maintained a second home in Connecticut as well. So they're just living their best lives. Um, he often travelled for his work during their marriage, but is reported to have written home every day and sent a copy of each letter to the Danish Royal Library to be opened 50 years after his <laughs> death. So, did you type every letter out twice then? Yeah. <laughs> Sending one to his wife and one to the library. And I find that very funny. Like, he had a sense that people would want to know every detail yeah. of his life. Like, like, the library's like, we have so many letters. Yeah, but he's like, I'll just help. I'll archive as we go. <laughs> but then it's pretty funny because I found um, most sources on him pretty light on details. So, it's pretty funny that, like, he's like, oh, I've written all these letters and uh, I'll write them to my wife. Imagine also being like, sort of like, you know, text messages these days to your partner or something and be like, oh, I hope nobody else I'll ever send, reads those. I'll send one to the National Library yeah, as well. <laughs> send that to the National Library saying, hey, can you get milk? They need to know that at one point in our life we were a little low on milk. <laughs> It'll paint an interesting tapestry. <laughs> How many times do I have to fucking tell you to empty out all the toilet rolls? Don't just leave them in the toilet. <laughs> Um, anyway, so his exploration days, anyway, so his exploration days are pretty much behind him, um, but he spends a lot of his time traveling. He would work with MGM Studios on movies, he would go on speaking tours, and he wrote many more books. He had yet another brush with Frank. he had yet another brush with fame in 1956, when at the age of 70, he appeared on the American quiz show, The $64,000 oh, Question. Wow. <laughs> Which we, Matt, has done a Patreon bonus episode about. Yeah, that's right. I, was, I, I made a note that we've obviously talked about it before, but as a refresher, it's a game show. Um, and contestants choose... Is this right, Matt? They choose like a subject category from like a category board? Do you uh, remember? I believe they had a specialist category. Yeah. and But there was also a board involved as well. Well, yeah, it seems pretty... Um, uh, like a good luck because his category was um, the seven C's, something he had quite a bit of experience and knowledge in. Um, and one of his books was called Book of the Seven C's. Ah. Um, Cunt. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what are, what are the other six? <laughs> the big C. <laughs> See, I would have done very poorly on that. Yeah, you only got one. Yeah. Um, carrot, clarity. Carrot. Oh, carrot, carrot clarity. Mm. That's a hyphenated one. <laughs> yeah, that only counts as one. <laughs> Mate, I've got absolute carrot clarity right now. Capricorn. Capricorn's one, yep. My friend Chris. Chris. Chris, yeah, Chris is on the board. <laughs> Good on is Chris, Love you, Chris on the board? <laughs> Ding. Show me Chris. <laughs> and there he is. Come on, Chris. You can see little clips of this actually on YouTube. Awesome. Which is really cool. And uh, he made it to the final question, winning $64,000. <laughs> and I read somewhere that he was only the fifth person to win wow. the jackpot. So this guy is an Arctic explorer, a journalist, a novelist, um, a movie star, and uh, won $64,000 question. He, yeah. And it, well, he's obviously he's a toolmaker. Toolmaker. <laughs> yeah, God, he'd be good down at Bunnings, wouldn't he? Yeah. What section would he be in? Toilets or... Or chisels. Chisels, <laughs> hard to say. Tools or toilets. Sadly, all good things must come to an end. No, no I can't <laughs> believe it. Peter Frohkin died of a heart attack in 1957 at the age of 71, just the year after he was on the $64,000 question. Wow. 
Um, and as per his wishes, his ashes were scattered on the famous table-shaped Mount Dundas outside of Thule in Greenland. And something we haven't done for a little while, but I do have some fun facts. Ooh, I thought we've already had some so far, so this I is know. cool. Yeah, well, I've got, um, I've got a few, just a few little bits and pieces. Like, So there's, a, there's an area in Greenland called Freakenland, which is very nice, named after him. And there's also um, Navarana. Fjord, which was named after his first wife. That's just that's just something quite nice. That's a nice fact. That's Cute a nice fact. fact. Um, Freuken's grandson, Peter, was the first Inuk in Canada to be elected as an MP and represented the electoral district um, of Nanasiak in the House of Commons in Canada from 1979 to 1984. That's nice. Nice. Another nice fact. Another nice fact. Um, Freuken was a member of the Royal Danish Geographical Society who awarded him the Hans Egde Medal. I I butchered that and I apologise. The medal in 1921. It's awarded for outstanding services to geography, principally for geographical studies and research in the polar lands. So that's nice. Again, okay, I had some nice facts. (laughs) But this one, I suppose, is a little bit fun. In in relation to the shit chisel story... (laughs) A scientific experiment carried out by the Department of Anthropology from Kent State University in 2019 tried to bust the legend of an Inuit man who manufactured knives using frozen feces to butcher his prey. They sort of think that's possibly where um, Freuken might have thought of it as well. It's like this, this it's, it's an Inuit legend. Right, I'd love to see the proposal for this research paper. <laughs> well, one of the scientists <laughs> kept a diet similar to a native living in the Arctic Circle for eight days and after uh, and used a mold to craft a knife using his own feces and freeze it. After the knife became solid ice, the team tried to cut through the hide of a wolf, as the legend says, but with no luck. So to a lot of people, this also disproves Freuken's story, and people argue that he was the only one there, so could say whatever he wanted, and no one would be able to prove it. Why would he want to say that? <laughs> exactly. But I choose to believe in the shit chisel. I want to believe. <laughs> I want to believe. I think he just probably was a better craftsman. That's all. Yeah. This scientist, this nerd, <laughs> this pencil pusher. Oh, you reckon he, he thinks he can go out there and, and eight, do what Freuken did and change your diet in eight days? Come yeah. on, come mate. on, mate. I thought you were going to say. He went out for eight months. Nah, eight days. Perfected the poo. Nah, also, this, this imagine, because obviously it's like a team of scientists, right? But imagine being the one. Like, how do you decide whose shit you're going to use? Yeah. Yeah. Who, I don't, I don't, I'm going to just say now, if this ever comes up for us, I don't really want to use my shit. And I can't. So I guess it's Dave. It's going to be your shit, Dave. I, I really wish I could shit. Yeah. That is what I'd say as we're <laughs> trapped under us. Oh, Dave, I'm so sorry. Don't apologise. I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) I simply cannot shit. I mean, I won't be moulding, but Mm. uh, sorry about that. Let's just avoid being in uh, Blizzard. What do you think about that? Yeah, okay. I'm not built for it. No. Oh, yeah. You know how he almost died a bunch of times? I would have died so many more times. Oh, my God. I just would never even be in that situation. Seconds in. I'm so pathetic. I would just like I would just curl up in a ball and wait for death. Me too. Oh, hurry God. up! Hurry up! <laughs> hurry up, death! I'm like, taking my clothes off to get colder. I've had enough. Yeah, no, nah, not for me, thanks. Um, but yeah, that is the fairly wild life and story of Peter Freuken. Peter Freuken, absolutely worth being told on our 350th episode, I must say. One of the the character, greatest characters we've had for a while, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, it's such an interesting kind of. Um, 
it was it was in a way a bit of a tough one to research because yeah the um some of the resources are just like yeah so he did this and he did this and uh yeah and you're like you're saying a bunch of amazing things and not elaborating on any of them very lucky that he was also a great writer otherwise it feels like the story wouldn't have been captured at all that's true yeah quite a prolific writer so if you um, want to know more, get a bit more detail. Go to the Danish library and look up his letters. <laughs> yeah, look up his letters. Do you they get the feeling that they... Saucy. You get the feeling that they just bend them? Oh, yeah, I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. know. Because <laughs> you'd, you'd have to consider it, right? It's, yeah. yeah, at some point. Like, because how many other people are writing in and they're going, we've just got rooms full of letters. And they're like, we never invited this. I don't know why people are doing this. And did you say every day? Every day he wrote a lot wife. of letters. Yeah. Yeah, nah. He could have just kept them in a separate file. Yeah, like if she's not keeping them, why would the library? I was about to say, like, do you have to write every day? But if I'm away, I'd probably send a text most days, you know? Would you? I think so. To who? Yeah, that's true. If I had a loved one. (laughs) (laughs) If anybody cares. Yeah, you're also going straight to the museum. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyway, miss you. Anyway, um, uh, I'll be home Wednesday. We've never met. I don't care. (laughs) I don't care about you. Oh, yeah. uh, what a story. Great Thank story. Thank you so much for telling it, Bob. I've never heard of him. The Dry King. <laughs> I cannot believe that there, you was made a, that up. there was shit in that story. I know. <laughs> that was incredible. As soon as you said it, I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> you have a great poker face because you didn't give anything away. That's good. Um, yeah, a wild story. Lots of people uh, suggested it. And uh, I think I'd put him up for a vote once before and he hadn't quite made the cut. So I'm glad that he, he got through this time because that was a fun story. But this time did you put in brackets shit chisel? Probably. Yeah. That <laughs> might, might might be what got everybody over the line. Can only imagine. I think, yeah, a lot of people just uh, get sleepy as soon as they hear it's a biography. Yeah. And look, that's kind of understandable, but nearly every story we do is going to be in some way a bit of a biography, isn't it? It's true. It's almost right. impossible not to. And we choose people with uh, interesting lives most of the time. Yeah, I'd we say. try to, yeah. Uh, that's great. Great story. But that does bring us to everyone's favourite section of the show uh, where we get to thank a bunch of our, our supporters, our great Patreon mm. supporters. If you want to get involved in supporting the show, you can go to patreon.com slash dogonpod or dogonpod.com and uh, there's a bunch of different levels. Dave, what are some of those? We are putting out three bonus episodes every single month, um, which adds up to a large back catalogue. There's over 150 now that you can uh, get instant access to as soon as you support the show on that level. Mm. So you'll hear lots of bonus episodes on many topics. We even talked about the $64,000 question there. Yep. Uh, we do a few quizzes. We do Phrasing the Bar, our show on Brendan Fraser movies. I'm trying <laughs> to think of other icy uh, topics like uh, Utsi the... Oh, the, the, oh uh, yeah. The Iceman. Iceman, was it Utsi? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, Yes, but uh, the first thing we like to do is uh, our fact, quote, or question section, uh, which has a little jingle, I think it goes something like this. Fact, quote, or question. Ding! Oh, he always remembers the ding. And the way to get involved in this is to sign up at the Sydney Schoenberg level or above. And you get to give us a fact, a quote, or a question, or a brag, or a suggestion, or really whatever you like. You also yeah. get to give yourself a title. And I'll read out four each week. I'll read them out for the first time as I'm reading them out. <laughs> first one comes from Thomas. Doppelwriter, uh, whose title is Retired Quizmaster of the Dugo Patreons. Oh, we loved your quizzes, Thomas. What a way Please. to find out. Don't retire. <laughs> what a way to find out. Bring it back. Thomas, you used to do uh, every week, maybe, do a in the Facebook group 
he'd do a, a, a connected mm. quiz, which everyone in there loved. But yeah, I imagine that would have been a lot of work. That's a lot yeah. of work. So it was nine questions and then the 10th was, what connects all these questions? Often a do-go-on thing. And yeah. we've also done a couple of bonus episodes yeah. using his quizzes. Yeah, Tom, great. Great Thomas, fun. you're a great trivia writer. But understandably, you know, all good things must come to an end. <laughs> hey, feel free to make a comeback whenever Anytime. you like. Anytime. Uh, Thomas has given us a brag and he writes, it's a brag connected with a fact and a question. Ooh. Our team reached the local finals of this year's trivia season and that's a fact and a brag. In parts because of some weird things I learned from the pod. Here's the question. As two of you worked in the trivia business and Jess is smart without having to work in that field. Thank you, Thomas. What is a fact that is so ridiculous that you thought this can't be true, but in the end it was true? Oh, you'll be better at this, Dave. Oh, but it's so broad. Yeah, it's really hard on the spot. You always hear stuff like that and you're like, that's incredible. I'm going to remember that forever. Whenever someone asks a question in the fact quota question section, we always uh, appreciate and suggest that they answer that question as well. And Thomas has done that writing... For me, it is that there were more people on the moon than there were episodes where Takeshi got beaten in Takeshi's castle, <laughs> 12 to 8. You know of Takeshi's castle, right? I do not. If not, this fact is now a suggestion too. Oh, wow. Okay, I see how he's tied it all together. Their wiki is called Keshi Heads. What's Takeshi's castle, Jess? You seem to know what that meant. Uh, I don't know. Huh. I'm looking it up for you now. I didn't know this either. It's a uh, Japanese game show. Ah, cool. They're between 86 and 90. There, yeah. There were there were more people on the moon. 12, so 12 people made it to the moon only eight times as Takeshi been beaten. Wow. Right. It was a highly influential on, on global popular culture, inspiring a genre of game shows involving physical challenges and painful entertainment. So there you go. It's been a while since I worked in trivia, Dave. I guess it is for you too, a little bit. Yeah. So I guess with you know with questions, you don't want it to be so unbelievable because you need people to be able to get the answer. Uh, here's a. I'm just looking up some fun facts to see if I've just to give you something. And this yep. is this is more for Jess. You know, the best place in the world to see rainbows is in Hawaii. <gasps> is it cool? There you go. Pretty cool. What about this one? Uh, high-fiving. That has only been around apparently since 1977. What? No. This is according to bestlifeonline.com. Uh, at a pro baseball game in 1977, Dodger player Dusty Baker hit <laughs> his 30th home run of the season. As he rounded home base past his teammate Glenn Burke in the on-deck circle, Burke raised his hand in excited greeting. On instinct, Baker reached up and slapped it because he said it seemed like the thing to do. Thus, the high five was born. That can't be true. That can't possibly that be can't true. That can't possibly be true. In all of humanity, people weren't doing that. There's no way that people haven't done that in the previous thousands of years yeah. at some point. Surely. That's amazing. Dusty Baker. Here's the thing, right? So, like, a question like this is... It's such a good question. And I feel like I hear facts and I remember them, but only when that vague topic comes up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you might be like, oh, look, a camel. And I'd be like, well, did you know? And I'll tell you a thing about a camel. But just on the spot of like what's a great fact, I'm like, oh, I know nothing. I've never even spoken words before. (laughs) 
Oh, uh, there's a oh, that uh, great website called wikipedia.org, which I think is about um, hand gestures. It's like an online impendium, compendium. Uh, it says there's many origin stories of the high five, but the two most documented candidates are Dusty Baker and Glenn Burke of the huh. Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, and Willie or Wiley Brown and Derek Smith of the Louisville Cardinals men's college basketball team during the 78-79 season. Oh, so right. either way, very recent. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, that well, is a surprise. Thank you very much for that uh, brag question, suggestion, etc. Thomas. The next one comes from James Edwards, who's got the title of Matt's Biggest Fan. James. Oh, wow. Stop. Hell yeah. Good Holy for you. Matty, you deserve this. I am blushing. Oh, I'm going to say to them, form a queue behind <laughs> me. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> You, you can be between Dave and I in the line. Uh, <laughs> there's a big gap from you to Jess. Uh, James has a question writing, Hey guys, hope you're well. I'm sitting by the pool typing this on my birthday, which I'm celebrating with a holiday in Gran Canaria. Oops, sorry. Random brag to start. Ooh. Love it. I, I don't know if I know Gran Canaria and if I'm saying that right. Uh James goes on. Kind of a nerd fact combined with a nerd question to follow. I hope that's okay. It's in Spain. In Spain. Very Is nice. Is it one of the Canary Islands? Uh, uh, there are only four <laughs> words in the English language which end in D-O-U-S. Can you name them? What? There are only four? Hazardous. Arduous. Oh, no. It's O-U-S. Oh, no. How? What's it going to end in? D-O-U-S. Yeah, hazardous. That's one. Hazardous. Yep. One. How many words was it? Four. Hazardous. <laughs> I got that one. Uh, Marvelous. No, dus. Dus. Yeah. Uh, 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 I'll look. I'll, he's got the answers here. I'll have a look and see if I can. Oh, yeah. I've heard of all of these. Okay. That's something. There's another H. There's an S and there's a T. Tedious. Horrendous. No, that's not right. No, that's not tedious. So this could get tedious if we don't. Yeah. Do Wait, D-O-U-S? Horrend- yeah, horrendous. That's horrendous. right. Horrendous is one. Well done. So there's an S and a T left. Uh, yeah, I'll say. And how many words it. did he say there was? Four. So there's only two more. S, T, U. Stupendous. Yes. And the T one, T. Tremendous. Yes. You fucking legend. This feels like we're playing. There's also a party one, game. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, oh, ten, eleven, just twelve, thirteen, up. fourteen words. <laughs> James, your fact has been debunked. And just cheated. All right. Thank oh, yeah, you, James. The next one comes from Logan Husky, aka King of the Mosh. <laughs> king of the Mosh. The Mosh King. Uh and unsurprisingly, with a title like that, Logan's Offered a brag. Writing, hi guys. I've gone to many great live music gigs over the years. And being the, sh- uh, being the short ass that I am, I always get there super early to get a spot right up against the barrier of the mosh. As a result, I've scored some sweet keepsakes thrown into the crowd by the roadies at the end of the show. I've got guitar picks from the Hives and Moby. A set list from Crowded House, just to name a few. But the absolute jewel in the crown of my collection is a drumstick... From none other than Dave Grohl <gasps> from when he played with Supergroup, Them Crooked Vultures. I saw that tour. Great show. Uh, that also comprised of Josh Homme of Queens of the Stone Age and John Paul Jones of Led Zeppelin. Cool. 
when they played Festival Hall in Melbourne. I was there. I was at that show, Logan. Oh, but you didn't get the stick. I didn't get the stick. Uh, I love the fact that short of running a DNA test to anyone else, it's just a ratty beaten drumstick. But because I'm the only one who knows that it's true, that it's uh, truly authentic, hmm. it's priceless to me. That's my brag. Thanks for indulging me. But for the sake of some sweet content, do you guys have any souvenirs from shows you've seen, music or otherwise? Whoa. I still have a uh, guitar pick from Atreyu, the uh, emo hardcore band from many years years ago, 15 years ago or something. I think the the first one that came to mind is I saw Area 7, the the ska punk band from Melbourne. (laughs) I saw them when I was in high school. They played Triple J Live at the Wireless Mm. at the ABC Studios. And the singer was signing... Uh, autographs afterwards and I didn't have anything to sign so I pulled a sign off the wall which was like the instructions for a fire extinguisher and he that feels like that yeah should have. it should have been left <laughs> on the wall I definitely should not have done that <laughs> oh my god and he um he's like oh I love this and he took a time and he drew and he like drew on flames all across it and then yeah and he said you know some sort of fire related thing like you're on fire <laughs> or so, whatever it was That's I think I've, I've got that somewhere at home probably that's cool. Bit of fun. Bit, Bit of fun. fun. I mean, Hopefully no fires occur. Yeah. You, can you ask at your work? Cause I can't. It's burnt down. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, actually. No one knew how to use it. Yeah, we don't have... Uh, no, nah, we've got fire sprinklers. It's okay. We're all right. Um, I don't have anything... Fr- I don't think from music-related stuff. The first thing that I thought of was when I saw Rose Matafeo's comedy festival show a few years ago. It was called The Horn Dog. And she had a little label maker on stage with her and I was in the front row and she printed out a sticker that says, Jess is a horn dog. <laughs> That's great. And I stuck that in a notebook. That's lovely. <laughs> That's great. First thing I thought of. You look at that every day? Every day I look at it and I say, thank you, Rose Gee, Matafeo. She had your number. <laughs> thank you, Rose Matafeo. Uh, the last fact quote of question this week comes from Claire Norris, aka Monarch of the Monarch Butterflies. Oh. Did I say butterfly? Butterflies. Butterflies. And Claire is offering us a fact, writing, in the 1960s and 70s, there was a popular appetite suppressant called AIDS, with a Y, A-Y-D-S. In the 80s, when the AIDS epidemic began to negatively impact sales, a sales representative said, the product has been around for 45 years. Let the disease change its name. The product changed their name in 1989, though, to (laughs) diet AIDS. The product was discontinued in the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Fuck you, disease. How we were dare here first. That's that is, is that a that fun is fact? So, that is a really funny fact. <laughs> that is a funny fact. And also that it, like it's good that it was like a an appetite suppressant as well. Like if it was something that I was curing cancers mm, or something, I'd yeah. be like, oh no, but I'm like, oh well. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be right. Yeah. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Let them You remember when um there were I remember angry parents. 10 years back or whenever it was when Isis was coming a big thing and there were <laughs> these parents with kids named Isis <laughs> and they're like, it was a beautiful name when we <laughs> named them that. They're like, can't we call it... They're, they're known as Isil. Let's call them Isil. Leave Isis for the girls. Yeah, but then the, the kids, the parents of Isil are like, no, <laughs> no Leave no. Isis for the girls. <laughs> and then there's another... But my son's name's Daish. <laughs> we can't use that either. Daish. <laughs> yeah. Is that, isn't that a, co- a word I coined? Yeah, but that's that's in Europe. Like, that's another name for it. Oh, 
I had forgotten about Daish. Daish. What was Daish from? I think you were just having a bit of a moment. I think it's a bit like Daish. day one. Oh, yeah. I feel like, yeah. I was, yeah. Daish. 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 Anyway, maybe we'll get another Daish moment here when we <laughs> thank out. A, uh, thank a few of our other great supporters. Jess, you normally come up with a little game based on their, on this topic we just went through? Um, well, I don't want it to be what they mould their poo into. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. I think we've had enough chat of feces um maybe something they punch to turn into something else yes what they punched so you know to make something a, beautiful. a tree into a desk yeah yeah or a an igloo into a window yeah that's right. <laughs> perfect all right well if i may go first yeah i'd love to thank from green belt in i reckon maryland Ooh. md uh, in the United States, Stephanie Calhoun. Oh, fuck, I love Calhoun as a surname. Big fan. Jess, what does Stephanie Calhoun punch? <laughs> Is that the triptych? Yes. Sorry. Because oh, okay. at first I thought, she's in both at once. This is amazing. I know. No, I sorry. Sorry, future Jess. That's right. I have so many edits. If I may go first. Yes. Uh, I would love to thank from Arnold in MO. What's that? I will not recognize Missouri. Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably wrong. I just love saying it. Missouri in the United States. I'd love to thank Michelle Huber. Oh, Michelle Huber. Michelle Huber. What did, what did Huber punch? Punched a... Light pole, yeah, uh, is a citywide blackout. Whoa, right? Yeah, and they're all like, "Fuck, we can't see anything." Yeah, hospitals like generators aren't working. We're stuffed here. Pe- this is terrible. People are gonna die. Oh my god! Michelle's like, "I got this." Punched one light pole. Power back on. Oh wow! Sort of like how you used to Give it pu- like a punch a reboot. TV to yeah. Get the reception back. Exactly right. Holy shit. That's <laughs> yeah, a powerful yeah. punch. Huge punch. She shocked the whole grid back into action. That's a life-saving punch. Holy shit. Imagine, yeah. She could have gone around individually and punched all these people having cardiac arrests until their hearts started beating no, out. No. But she did even more than that. Yeah. No, no, yeah. Because, yeah, sure, she, Michelle could have done that. Sure. But then there was, still would have been somebody who, like, because it was so dark, didn't see a bit of a crack in the footpath and rolled yes. an ankle or something. And they broke their mother's back. Exactly. Yeah. But by providing light and power to all, saved everybody. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you, Michelle. I'd also love to thank from Newtown in Victoria, Australia. I'm not sure where that is. Sarah Fuller. Have you heard of Newtown? Yeah, it's um, uh, uh, west-ish, I think. Oh, yeah. Over the bridge. Ah, could be wrong, Sarah. Sorry. Thinking a new port? Um, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I am. Dave, no. what, Dave, what would uh, what would Sarah punch? Uh, Sarah has punched the Melbourne Aquarium. Whoa! And uh, brought the Yarra back to life by uh, what? The, the all the the fishes and sharks and stuff inside are now in the Yarra. Holy let them shit. let them be free. Let them be free. Oh, I think they're quite different sort of like nah. ecosystems and nah. stuff, aren't they? No, 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 no. I mean, the Yarra heads out to the sea and then from the sea, uh, to the, from the bay to the sea and then yeah. from there, they can get anywhere. Okay. Beautiful. Let them, let them be free. You were right about Newtown yes. being west, but it was much further west as in Geelong. Geelong's west. That's what I said. Just <laughs> over the bridge and yeah, keep you got, going. Yeah. <laughs> and finally from me, I'd love to thank Absolutely. from Walker in Louisiana in the United States, John Denae. Or John oh, Denaeus. Oh, John Denae. Uh, John Denae punched 
A. Cow. Cow. But turned it into what? Yeah. No, the cow was like uh, choking. Oh, (laughs) it was like a Heimlink maneuver. Heimlink, yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was a Heimlink maneuver. And I'm guessing the fact that you've repeated that a few times, that is not the right word. Heimlick. Heimlick. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. Cowlick uh, maneuver. Cowlick maneuver. <laughs> okay, Save that. You're back. <laughs> Save that cow's life. Holy and moly. it was good because the cow was actually pregnant, and the cow gave birth to uh, the cow king. The cow the king. second coming of the oh cow king. Oh my god! So we could have lost the cow king. Yeah, we could have lost like the cow equivalent of Jesus. <laughs> cow Jesus. Wow. Yeah, it was cow Mary. <laughs> so cow Mary. Punch Cow Mary. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, actually. I can't believe you guys haven't heard that story. <laughs> was this a... I think I might be hungry. <laughs> was the baby also born in a barn? No. <laughs> in a hotel. Or in a house. There was Wanna room at the yeah, inn. Plenty, plenty of room here. <laughs> yeah, at a pool room. Yeah. Out in someone's uh, mansion in uh, in the Orange County. It's actually pretty... <laughs> yes, it was Ryan from the OC. <laughs> Dave, do you want to thank some people? Hey, I'd love to thank from um, from Texas we're going to now. Uh, new Braunfels or oh. New Brownfels. Uh, it's John. John. Solid name. Just a J-O-N this time. John. No surname, but from New Braunfels, Texas. He's uh, the share of New Braunfels. Absolutely. One name, all he needs. And John punched a... Sure. Punch punched a sure. Impersonator or the real yeah, share? Yeah, you are fake. Yeah, I know the real share when I see her. Yeah, and, what, right. and then what happened? What um, did that create? Turned, uh, <laughs> we're so. Justice. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Whoa, John. All right. Uh, dishing out justice with well, his fists. This share impersonator is charging as if it's really share. Right. And he's like, that's. John's like, that's absolute. Fucking bullshit. Yeah. yeah. I won't have that. And John uh, and Cher, this fake Cher was also about to kill a kid. So it Whoa. was justified. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was justified. People going around saying, you can't punch people for charging too much. Well, what if can't I? they're about to kill a kid? What if they're about to charge into a child? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Something that, of course, the Jesus cow would never do. Yeah. Even if you had a red rag. <laughs> Would never, it would never run. It. it would not run. It but John, um, obviously, you've saved a kid. But um, stop punching people. Uh, good on you. Uh, can I thank from uh, Myrtle? Speaking of share, I just saw the X Files episode that was very strange. Okay, but oh, I kind of liked one? it. But it ended with a concert where Share was singing at. Mm-hmm. But it was like a Share impersonator. And um, they got punched. Well, I assume so. That must have happened during the credits. Oh my Do you remember this? No, I don't remember that episode. What else happened? Uh, basically, uh, like a a uh, a guy who was a science experiment, Jay Peterman from Seinfeld did the science experiment, created this guy who was a recluse and he sort of uh, drugged and raped women in the night and then at the end he got to enjoy a, sh- a share concert because he loved share and he there was no con- it was that so makes weird no sense at all it was kind of a good episode but it was very strange how it ended like he was the good guy as if none of the raping had happened anyway please edit all that out i didn't i, I didn't bring that up all right i forgot where it was going that episode grim um so thanks, John. I would also like to thank from Myrtleford in Victoria. Oh, I love Myrtleford. Beautiful part of Victoria. It's got a great big stump in the, on the down the main drag in the middle of the road. I love driving past it. 
big uh, stump and it lights up at night. You can see like the root systems. Oh, oh that's cool. It's been there since I was a kid. It's so cool. Love nice. it. My favorite. I'd say my number one stump. You reckon? Yeah. <laughs> Oof, that's a hard call to make. Well, so. I can't believe Dylan Old gets to I've see that stump every day. I got some bad news for you. Dylan oh. Old punched the stump. Oh my god! Well, what I happened? mean, what do you think the stump was before it was a oh. stump? Yeah, that's that's so why he made the stump, stump happen. He, Dylan Old is responsible for the stump. He in punched it out of the list. ground. He's an artist. Holy yes. Shit. Great work, Dylan Old. That's yeah. beautiful. That is beautiful. So thanks so much, Dylan. And finally, I'd like to thank from Mitcham, also in Victoria. It's John Burke. He punched Don Burke. <laughs> okay. Said so there can only be one. <laughs> Don and then Don, Don said, my name's Don. He said, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, f- I thought it was... It is a little too close though, don't uh, you think? Because yeah. I mean, if I was so easily confused, I think everybody else is going to be confused. Yeah. And I, John Burke, host a uh, show about gardening. Yeah. And I'm just concerned that, uh, you know, it's it's there's going to be competition here. That's right. So, um, John Burke, I uh, felt bad at the time, but then... Yeah, uh, the allegations later Allegations have come out. So, John actually, uh, you know, he's on the right side of history. John did the right thing there. Well yeah. done, John. He had the right instinct. Great work, John Burke. May I thank some people? Please. That would be fantastic. I would love to thank from New Brighton, MN, Minnesota. Oh, yeah, I reckon Minnesota. Is it Minnesota? We have this conversation every time. I'm sure it's Minnesota. From New Brighton, I would love to thank Nicole Maine. Wood. It could also be Maine, but I think Maine's ME. Nicole Wood. <laughs> Nicole Wood. <laughs> Nicole if Wood. She could. Tell us that we're right, it's Minnesota. Yes. And Nicole Wood would punch a lima bean. Oh, Into a fine paste. Into a fine paste, creating a new delicacy. Oh. uh, Beautiful on toast. That is such a precise punch, too. That's what's so impressive with Nicole's punch, Mm. actually, is the precision. And the only way you can make this paste, this delicacy, is one lima bean. Been punched at a time because people yeah. have have tried in blenders or with just the back of They've a fork. Tried scaling it up, and it just you can taste the difference. Yeah. Absolutely, you can. Yeah, yeah, straight away. Wow. Yeah, you. So can, that's where that came from. Yeah, that's right. You can buy it in cans at the supermarket, but it is not the same. Not the same. Absolutely. It's not. like those avocado dips. Yeah, padded out with cheese. Ugh. Yeah. Who are they kidding? It's just green coloured cheese. Yeah, that's gross. Disgusting. How dare you? Oh, it's awful. Fuck you, done. I say. Fuck you. Fuck, fuck you. But <laughs> don't, dare you. But not fuck you to Nicole Wood, who's doing oh, God's no. work. Nicole, you're part of the solution. Mm. But these avocado dips can fuck can off. fuck off. <laughs> uh, I would also love to thank from Dresden in Tennessee. Whoa. We're going round America right now. I would love to thank Stanton. Oh, another solo namer. Stanton. Stanton from Dresden. Stanton punched Big hey. Ben. Punched oh. Big Ben? That's how they fixed it. That's how they fixed it. It hadn't been working for a few days. They tried winding the thing and it just wasn't, yeah. you know. And, uh, yeah, he made that bell Made ring. a big boom. Yeah, he made a big bong. Wow. <laughs> he turned Big Ben into a big bong. <laughs> That's right. Which Stanton. is impressive. Well done, Stanton. Thank you so much. Great I work. love that big clock. Great work, Stanton. Finally, for me, I would love to thank from Klamath Falls in OR. Oregon, I reckon. Oregon. Yeah. Mike Salt. Oh, Mike Salt of the Earth. Mike Salt is a fantastic name. <laughs> Salt's a good, a good name. last name, I reckon. Yeah, totally. A brewery in England. One of the oh yeah. one of the brewers who came to our show in Leeds, 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 Leeds. <laughs> gave us some. Remember, we enjoyed some salt beers, Dave. Yeah, I think it's the only time I've ever had a salt beer. 
delicious beers. Uh, Mike Salt, no relation though, I assume. No. From Oregon. What did he punch? I reckon he punched his way out of another, similar to the Driking Viking. Yeah. He was trapped in a volcano. <gasps> and people were like, he's gone. And he was standing on like the only bit of rock. So like he was in a literal, the floor is lava. Holy <laughs> shit. And he jumped and he punched the inside wall of the of the volcano, sort of like the volcano urethra. He just smashed it. What? And the whole thing exploded. Uh, and the, unfortunately, the local town was <laughs> uh, swept away mm-hmm. in the lava flow, but he made it to safety. Oh, my that God. Sacrifices must wow. be made. Yeah. Mike Salt. He did it. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. He saved himself so that others could <laughs> perish. <laughs> I knew Mike Salt, but they were bad people. I should have said that. They oh, were all, yeah. That town was about to kill a kid. <laughs> A really nice kid. Yeah, a really nice kid. The kid got away and Mike Salt got away, but all the kid killers did not. That's justice. So there is some justice there Yeah, is there justice is some justice. World. Yeah, thank God. Good on you, Mike Salt. <laughs> you saved a kid. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and the last thing uh, we need to do this week is thank a few people in our Triptych Club. Invite them in. Uh, the way this works is if you're on the signed up on the shout-out level or above for three straight years... You get welcomed into the Triptych Club and you get lifetime membership as well. The way it works is I'm standing on the door, a bit of theatre of the mind. I've got the clipboard out. I've got the guest list. This week we've got a few inductees. We've got eight. Uh, I'll read out your name. Then Dave's in the club. He's standing on the stage with the microphone. He's the MC. Let's get ready to feel humble. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> Dave, uh, he'll, he'll hype you up. Usually with a little bit of weak wordplay. No, whoa, 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 whoa. And whoa, then... Uh, whoa, what? Sorry? Weak wordplay. Oh, wait, let's say wordplay. Thank you. At various uh, standards and qualities. What about wicked wordplay? Wicked wordplay. <laughs> and then Jess uh, boosts him up because Dave... Uh, I don't know why, but he loses confidence. <laughs> yes. Uh, as we go. Uh, Jess also normally has a cocktail made up based on the topic. What's yep. the Driking Viking cocktail? Uh, it is a Carlsberg Oh, a delicious, oh, delicious cold Carlsberg nice Danish. in an ice cup. Uh, and I've I've got a bunch of Danish delicacies, uh, including Danishes. <laughs> <laughs> but where are they from? Danish meatballs. Oh wow! Um, Dan- obviously, shortbread biscuit things. No, I don't have those. Oh, I have Denmark's no, national dish, stegt flæsk, um, which is obviously pork. Uh, in a parsley sauce and parsley, like a parsley. And uh, just how sandwiches. did you, how did you kill those pigs? I punched them. <laughs> <laughs> All the food has uh, mean, been punched, lovingly to life. punched by me. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be in Denmark. Hand punched. Hand punched. Hand fed. Hand punched. <laughs> so what's the delicacy I've got? I'm going to be in Denmark later this month. Oh, Dave, it's almost like you could fucking Google it yourself. <laughs> tell, tell me. Again. Maybe do a little bit of research before you go on a holiday. Fuck you. Fuck you! <laughs> and Dave, you've normally booked a band as well. Uh, yes, I've got a um, uh, one of the all-time great Danish acts, Aqua. Oh, Are they Danish? Danish slash Norwegian, but formed Fuck in Copenhagen. Yes. Holy yes. shit, Dr. Jones, are they going to play that? Will they take requests? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And also, Dave, I mean, you did tell me about the rainbows in Hawaii before. So that's right. That's a I'm holiday I'm going on later, so I will send you the link to this. Man, I'm so jealous you. of holidays. I might have to book a... Book a holiday. A, ho- a holiday to Myrtleford. Go visit the stump. <laughs> <laughs> we do not pay matters much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So we've but got, you understand why. We've got eight inductees this week. Dave, are you ready? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Here yes. we go. <clears throat> First up from Greenbelt in Maryland, it's Stephanie Calhoun. Well, Stephanie has answered the call. Who? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> the call. Uh, from Bethlehem in <laughs> Pennsylvania in the United States, it's Shay Baum. Oh, Shay Baum is here. Yes, Baum. Pow, ba- yeah. explode. From yeah. Kent, Washington in the United States, it's Jessica and Stephen Gruber. Oh, I didn't think they were going to make it in tonight, but then they call themselves a Gruber. <laughs> Uber. Rhymes. From Framay or Framels or Dave, you probably know how to say that better. In France, it's Marissa Lydent. Oh, fr- can you have a look at that? Is that from from A or from A? Oh, they used to say from L, I think. <laughs> from okay. L. Um, that's really broken my rhythm, to be honest. Yeah, you've, um, you fucked it, Matt. That's on you, not on Dave. Marissa Ladan. Oh, Marissa, uh, an absolute uh, pisser. Yeah, that's we're gonna a have compliment. tonight. That's a compliment. Yeah, that's that means Marissa. funny. That's that means great. funny. That's a good thing. Yeah, that's not a word in yeah. French. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, pisser. You, you're an absolute pisser. You're, you're very hilarious. funny. You're very funny. From Sawyer's Valley in Western Australia, it's Nathan. Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I think, I'm pretty sure that's Nathan oh, Damon. Are you losing? Oh, Nathan. Are you losing faith in my ability to come up with oh, these puns? Because he's just got you back. Oh, Damon, you're an absolute legend. From Thunder Bay Holy in Ontario, shit. Canada, it's David Chisholm. Thunder Bay and lightning with yes. David Chisholm. <laughs> From North Sydney, home of the bears in New South Wales, Australia, it's Will. Where there's a way, there's a will. Yes. <laughs> and finally, from West Sacramento, obviously, home of the Kings of... Basketball team oh, that Dave right. and I yes. know well in the United States. It's Claire Norris. Well, it's home to the Kings, but also home to a Queen, a Claire, Claire Norris. Norris. We bow down to you, my liege. <laughs> Welcome into the club, Claire, Will, David, Nathan, Marissa, Jessica, Stephen, Shay, and Stephanie. Make yourselves right at home and enjoy Aqua. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dr. Jones, Barbie, Barbie Girl. Girl, that slow one from uh, probably a movie soundtrack. Yep. Barbie Maybe Girl. Sliding Doors. Barbie Girl Remix. Uh, and that brings us to the end of the episode. Uh, Jess, is there anything we need to tell people before we go? Um, just that we love them, mm. that we have new merch available uh, that you can find on our website, dogoonpod.com. Um, that's where you can find all of our episodes, a bit of information about us, look at some little pickies. Oh, there's some photos of us up there. There's yeah. photos of there. If you're like, what do they look like? You can find out. We also have social media, which you'll also be able to tell what we look like and where we live. No, um, uh, you can find <laughs> us at dogoonpod across all social media. And, uh, yeah, if you want to suggest a topic, anybody can do so. There's a link in the show notes or just straight onto our website. And, yeah, anybody, t- tell us a story that you think is interesting and then we'll decide. Yeah. <laughs> Buddhist home, Dave. Well, for the 350th time, I'll say thank you so much for listening. And until next week, goodbye. Later. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 